Ladies and gentlemen, get those dollars ready. Coming up next to the stage on the Other Ground Podcast, it's your host, Passive J and Ryan. Good afternoon. It is once again another exciting episode of The Other Ground Live. I'm Passive J, uh, the guy in charge of our poor music choices. That's Ryan over there, who I accidentally forgot to send an invite to the show, so he had to call in like a peon. Sorry about that, Ryan. How are you doing tonight? Fuck you. <laughs> I promise it won't happen again. So, You're making me uh, click an extra goddamn button. I know. I, I, <laughs> all right. Well, it is officially a show. The White Claw has been opened. Uh, I see the OG Army is assembling in the chat box. Uh, great to see you guys here. I actually have topics for tonight, so it's going to be a real show. Uh, hopefully, we'll have some people calling in. I heard a rumor Mr. Freeman's going to be calling in uh, tonight to do some of his uh, letters to Mr. Freeman. Um, some of you apparently have written him letters asking him for advice, and he's going to answer it. So uh, I feel quite lucky, and I assume he'll be calling at some point. So we're looking forward to that. Uh, some of the topics we're going to be covering tonight is uh, uh, how do you treat your pets? I always wonder about that. Uh, I think I probably treat my pets nicer than the average person, but I hope I'm not in the you know uh, pet daddy freak sort of uh, category. But we'll find out after we talk about it. Um, other things I'd like to talk about tonight is there's a protest in Lansing, which is the capital of Michigan. Uh, they call it the gridlock protest. They went down to downtown Lansing and, and intentionally caused a traffic jam to protest uh, some of the uh, ordinances that the governor has put in because of the COVID thing. And so I'd like to talk about that a little bit as well. Um, also like to know uh, what you guys' comfort foods are. I had lasagna for dinner tonight and it reminded me of uh, being a kid with my mom cooking and so I realized it's probably one of my big comfort foods. So I want to talk to you guys about your comfort foods. Uh, what kind of foods make you feel better? Uh, let's see. And if we have time, I want to talk about Metamucil, the wonder drug that does wonders. But we might have to, might not have time for that. Uh, but before we start, Ryan, how'd your day go? You know, it was another goddamn day. Uh, what is today? Wednesday? Yeah, yeah, I think that says it. There you go. Yeah, yeah, I know it is pretty sad. You have to check and see what the uh, day of the week it is now. Uh, but that's pretty common for some people. Oh, look. I think we have a caller. Oh, my. Good Welcome evening, to the show. How are you? We are excellent, Mr. Freeman. Thank you for calling. Wonderful. Remember we spoke uh, last week uh, where I told you I would like to present a, a weekly call-in called Letters to Morgan Freeman. I was hoping you had time to talk with me tonight. Oh, certainly, sir. Or uh, first off, I'd like to tell you that we're honored to have you call, and you can take as much time as you like, Thank sir. You. Go right, go right ahead. Well, please forgive me. My my nasal passages are slightly under the weather tonight, but I'll do my best. So, as I mentioned last week, uh, I run an advice column on my website, MorganFreeman.com. So let me begin. I have in front of me a letter written by a young woman who lives on the outskirts of Pontiac, Michigan. She writes, Dear Morgan Freeman, it's been snowing heavily here on the outskirts of Pontiac, Michigan, and I, I find my driveway completely covered in snow. My husband, who will call for anonymity's sake, Jay, 
absolutely refuses to go out and shovel our driveway. When asked, he claims he's unable to due to a horrific back injury he suffered while performing DDP yoga in 1993. In some places, the snow was as high as six inches. And for the record, I have never experienced six inches of anything in my entire life. But that's an entirely different letter altogether. I've gone as far as cooking his favorite dinner, microwaved oatmeal, to absolutely no avail. We argue often about it. He's not a violent man. Most would say he's, in fact, quite passive. I love Jay dearly, but I'm literally at my wit's end. Please help me, Morgan Freeman. Well, darling, here's a piece of advice. I want you to take out your credit card and go to Home Depot. I want you to pick out the shiniest snowblower that Home Depot has for sale. I want you to purchase that snowblower and take it home. Then I want you to wrap it up with bright, shiny wrapping paper and a gigantic bow. Then after serving him a hot, steaming bowl of oatmeal, you'll say to Jay, Jay, my darling love of my life, I do hope you're enjoying that delicious oatmeal I've prepared for you. But unless you go out there and remove the snow from our driveway, this shiny new toy I've purchased for you will be the only blowjob you'll ever receive. I guarantee Jay will be out there in a heartbeat. Sincerely, Morgan Freeman. And that, my friends, concludes Letters to Morgan Freeman for this week. I'll talk to you next week. Goodbye. Well, um, I, I, I want to say thank you, but I'm not quite sure if I should. That seemed vaguely uh, pointed at someone. I don't know. What do you think, Ryan? That sounded like excellent advice. Um, it's, it's either that or in that same instance, instead of wrapping it up in nice, nice wrapping paper and a, and a big bow. She should just find the nearest tricycle and take that goddamn blower. Okay, and 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 now and now and now we've lost your microphone again, sir. You sound like shit. You should probably call back. Why is it always you? We don't have any problem with anybody else. I think you're technologically impaired. To be honest with you, you can't do a simple thing like call into a, a podcast on your phone every time. We have to have you hang up and call back again. I don't think it's me. I think it's you. See, like you're probably saying something shitty right now, but your connection's so bad, I can't hear you at all. So I'm just going to move on with the show without you. <laughs> yeah, okay, maybe that my advice have been might have been pointed toward me just a little bit. Uh, I don't know. Maybe not. We'll ask him the next time he comes on. I wanted to thank Mr. Freeman for coming on. That was great. Uh, as always, uh, we appreciate any phone calls we get, certainly from famous celebrities with silky smooth voices like that. So, um... Let's see. Let's go ahead and move on to our first topic since uh, while we're waiting for Ryan to come on in. Uh, let's talk about your pets. Most of us have pets. Um, and we all love our pets, obviously. Uh, how do you treat your pets? Um, myself, I, I probably treat them like uh, like kids. I don't have kids, so I don't really have a comparison, but that's what kind of what it feels to me. I didn't really want pets. Uh, I, I live by myself. You mean you, you, mean you gave them away? No, 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 no. I, I have them. I love my dogs now. Uh, but I originally so didn't want you them. you treated them like kids. Uh, that's a different story. <laughs> um, I, I, don't get me wrong. I love my dogs. Uh, but I didn't want pets. I, uh, I've owned this home since 2011, and I didn't have any pets for a reason. Uh, I didn't want to take care of them. I didn't think I had enough time for them. And it wasn't really a good house for pets in the first place. I didn't have a fenced-in yard or anything like that. 
Uh, however, when my wife got moved in, uh, she brought her cat, which I knew was going to happen. Wasn't it, you know? I don't have any problem with cats. I just didn't, you know, feel the need to have one. Uh, and her cat's really awesome, so that that worked out well. Uh, but it was really when we got dogs that it changed for me. Um, getting our, my little dog as a puppy uh, at eight weeks old, and you know, raising her from a little little tiny puppy dog up into a full grown. Uh, I love that little dog. <laughs> I try I buy it treats all the time. I try not to feed it too much, but like we buy it toys all the time, almost once a week. And with the new dog now, same thing. You know, uh, they sleep with us. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. One's a 10 pound, about 11 or 12 pound dog. And one of them is about a 16 pound dog. They're about the same size. One's just stockier than the other. So they're little tiny dogs, not toy dogs, but about as small as you can get without being those little delicate, fragile things. Um, you know, they, so they sleep with us in our beds. Uh, I've spent thousands of dollars to build a, an enclosure outside just so they can go out, you know, and come and go as they please. Uh, as I mentioned, we buy toys from like basically on a weekly basis they've got several different laundry baskets filled full of toys um and i don't i to me it feels like we're excessive like i like was buying like we have a a, a a water fountain for them it's a it's just an automated thing you put water in it and it sprays it to the top and it spills over into a bowl so that the bowl water is always fresh to encourage them to drink so that they, they don't get kidney issues uh, and we've got that automatic ball, ball thrower and things like that so to me it feels like we're being good uh uh, pet parents but some people would think it's excessive and i'm sure there's people out there that go way more than we do taking care of their pets i know you have dogs yourself but uh i know i also know you're a big manly guy that you know so uh how what's your relationship with your pets they're my pets so i have two dogs um relatively smaller dogs as well so like i don't have a gigantic house um decent enough backyard that kind of backs up into some woods but beyond that yeah just treat them like normal animals. Uh, I let them in the bed. They just sleep down at my feet. Um, but other than that, yeah, nothing out of the ordinary as far as like spoiling them or anything like that. They get their, their regular walks and runs trip to like a dog park here and there, that sort of thing. Um, neither one are big, like toy dogs. Like they like rawhides and things like that, but not so much toys. They just kind of ignore them. So mm -hmm. that's about it. Yeah. My, uh, my dog Sadie is very much uh, ball orientated. Uh, as I mentioned the other day, she loves to, pl to play fetch. She'll do it all day long. Um, Lulu's more of a, uh, uh, although Sadie is also very much into uh, tug of war, that she might actually like that better. But we don't do that with her too much because uh, she wants to do it with like a ball. So it's kind of hard to grip onto. Lulu's more of just a general toy dog. She likes grabbing stuff and shaking it and running around. But uh, I think she's younger than Sadie. So I, uh, I think within the next year or two, she'll probably lose some of that. We don't know how old Lulu is exactly, but I think she's probably somewhere between a year and two years old. So she's still puppyish in a lot of ways. Sadie's, we think, is probably about a year older than her. She'll be three in uh, June. So still young dogs. <clears throat> so really, Sadie just takes after you and has a fascination with balls. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right, sir. <laughs> How about you guys in the chat box? Anybody got uh, interesting dog stories? Like, do you guys have any pets that you like dress up as humans or anything like that? Anybody that dresses up a dog like a human or puts any costumes on them should be shot in the face. <laughs> well, you know, I tried when I first got Sadie, we did try a couple like t-shirts and things on her, but she doesn't like wearing them. So if, if the dog is uncomfortable wearing them, I, you know, uh, I don't see any point in putting them on them. I like petting my dog. I don't like petting a t-shirt and I feel, then it feels like you're petting a little person and that's weird. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just going to say it right now, like you should probably be shot in the face for doing that. 
Oh, we yeah, we thought it'd be cute, but like I don't. But like I said, the dogs don't like it, and if the dogs are uncomfortable doing it, I'm not going to torture my dog just because I think it looks cute. Well, but, the dog's not there for decoration, you know, well, to dress yeah. it up to well, have something funny to look at. That's but, well, in our cases, the first couple things that we bought were mostly stuff to keep them warm because they're little dogs and they're short haired dogs. So we've tried buying them sweaters and things like that because we, because Sadie always acted like she was cold. So we were trying to keep her warmer and, uh, but she didn't like wearing them. So, well, we were trying to buy her stuff to keep her comfortable. And if she's not comfortable wearing it, and then what's the point? Like I said, I didn't really want to see the point in making them uncomfortable just to keep them decorative or something like that. That's silly. Okay, you're you're slightly slightly better then. But dressing up dogs outside of yes, if you have a dog that you take out and like they kind of freeze up in the winter, then yes, throwing a coat on them is okay. But dressing up a dog is absolutely douchebag one hundred and one. Yeah, <laughs> but no, I mean I'm that harsh about not. I'm not that harsh about it like you are, but I do think it's kind of silly. But if it doesn't bother the dog and it makes the dog owner happy, I don't really care. It's not like I'm. It's not like I think they should be shot in the face like certain people. <laughs> uh, they should be shot right in the fucking face. <laughs> and there's some people that think uh, having a small dog is kind of pointless as well. Uh but. Uh, I like to myself. Uh, for one thing, uh, it's really convenient to have a dog that you can just pick up if it's doing something you don't like. Uh, all dog, my dogs are pretty well trained, but all dogs occasionally, you know, will do things that you don't want them to do. And having a dog that you can physically do anything you want to with no trouble is quite convenient sometimes. I mean, I'm not, and I'm not talking about that people shouldn't have like gigantic dogs or things like that. And I'm not even talking about gigantic dogs. But if a 40 or 50 pound dog wants to do something, you're unlikely to be able to stop that dog from doing it without hurting that dog. You know, like a 50 pound dog, you're not going to physically restrain it really without hurting it. Unlikely if it really wants to do something. I mean, I suppose it's possible, but you obviously, but you see what I'm saying that it's a different realm of problem that compared Unless to like, it's like a giant mastiff or something. Then you're talking like several hundred pounds, like oh God, yeah, a 50 pound dog. You can just pick them up. Well, yeah, yes and no. Yeah, yeah, and yes, you can, uh, depending on how strong you are and all that good stuff. But it, that's a way different thing to try to pick up than, say, like a, a 10 or 15-pound dog, you know? Um, and if that dog really doesn't want you to pick it up, trust me, I, I used to work for Humane side. I captured animals for a living. Um, as the size goes up, it's like a, like a math uh, equation, you know? As, as the size of the animal goes up, it's it compounds uh, how hard it is to capture it very quickly. Uh, like a, a 10 or 15 pounds, not a big deal to capture a 50 pound dog is a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. A full grown adult, uh, adult should be able to do it, but it's a task. Uh, then you talk like an 80 or a hundred pound dog. Uh, unless you have equipment, you're not going to restrain that dog really, you know, not without getting hurt, either getting hurt or hurting the dog. Um, yeah. I, now when I worked for the humane society, uh, stray dogs were not normally my problem. Uh, that was the local animal control. We didn't go after stray dogs and we didn't go after dead animals. That was all animal control's problem. However, we would go after an injured animal. So occasionally I did go after dogs or cats that had been injured, even if they were strays. But if it was healthy, that wasn't our problem. So I've, you know, and I've captured all kinds of other animals, everything from, you know, uh, raccoons and rabbits and geese and swans to deer. Um, and animals are hard to catch, dude. <laughs> uh, it's, Imagine it, that. Yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, I actually got pretty good at it. it was, I like that part. I like that part of the job because basically, you can't outrun most animals. You can't outfight most animals. You have to outsmart them. So it was a 
a proposition of putting traps in the right spots and, you know, herding them into areas where they can't get away and things like that. So every time I went out on a call, it was something different. So that part was kind of cool. Uh, the fact that I was getting paid like six or seven dollars an hour to occasionally risk my life wasn't cool, but I did feel like I was doing something every day, you know, as opposed to like pushing papers or whatever, whatever bullshit job. So how long before you got fired from that one? Um, about a year and a half. <laughs> so have you ever actually just like properly left a job or you, do you just get fired every time? Oh, I very rarely get fired. I, I've only been fired, fired, I think twice in my life. Uh, most of the time I just, I got bored with the job and quit or, um, so it, yeah, I've been being fired for me. is pretty rare. Actually. Uh, I was pretty proud in like of two days. We've talked me. about two jobs that you've been fired from. And that was pretty much the only two jobs I've ever been fired from. Uh, uh, the, uh, uh, technically three, uh, since I got fired from a, that, uh, job at the electro coating plant, uh, cause I wasn't strong enough to lift up car parts. Um, so that the, the, the plastic factory where they kind of fired me they said, no, 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 you'll just have to reapply when you're, you know, when you're ready to work again, which is weird. Uh, and then in this case where they flat out fired me cause the, like, the manager just didn't like me, I guess. I was, I probably, I, I probably wasn't a great worker outside of the, um, rescue driver thing. That's, that was the name of my title, actually rescue driver. That part I was good at. I didn't like the, any of the rest of the job, like, yeah, where they had you, uh, adopt out animals and stuff. I didn't like sitting down with the people. I was really uncomfortable with, uh, dealing with people I didn't know at the time. I'm still kind of am. So like whenever I didn't have a rescue call, they had me like hang out and, and do other stuff. And some of those stuff I didn't mind, like taking dogs for walks or cleaning out the cages or things like that. But dealing with the public, I was not a fan of, and the manager didn't like that at all. So it was kind of something we struggled back and forth on. And eventually I think that's one of the reasons why she let me go. Well, yeah, you kind of have to, you know, be comfortable working with the public when you're trying to get, you know, these animals adopted. Right, which I understand. But there were people whose job it was to be an adoption counselor. Um, that wasn't my actual job. And I understand your job is whatever your boss tells you to do. Uh, but it wasn't something I was good at or something I was comfortable at. And most of the time there's plenty of, of adoption counselors there to take care of it, which was their primary job. So it was a pretty rare thing, but it was a bone of contention and I never said no, but I made it known that I wasn't comfortable doing it. And that was probably a mistake on my part. Cause I don't think she was a fan of me personally. And uh, that was, you know, and actually being at a will and at will state, they can fire you for any reason or no reason at all. But I have a feeling that might have had something to do with it. Or maybe she just didn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> so <clears throat> like I said, you live and learn. Uh, I was younger then and, uh, you know, um, not quite as wise as to the world, how the world goes. I thought if you did your job well, and they really couldn't fire you. <laughs> it turns out that's not the case. <laughs> Well, you yeah, but weren't I, doing your job well. I was doing my main job well. You know, no, uh, but you weren't doing your job well. Your job is whatever they need you to do at the we, time. Yeah, I realize that now. But at the time, I was like, well, they hired me to rescue animals, and I'm really good at rescuing animals. I don't see what the big deal is, you know, that I'm not good at some that, at this part that's not really part of my job. Like I said, that's not, I didn't say that's right. I said that's how I was thinking at the time. Uh, but and it was an interesting job. I worked closely with the wildlife specialists, so I saw mostly wildlife. Um, the biggest thing we had there was a lion, African lion. That was interesting. Uh, we had an albino cobra. Uh, Fourteen. The the most unusual thing I picked up personally was a fourteen foot foot uh, Burmese python that was in front of a uh, 
uh, in, in small industrial uh, shop uh, in Oakland County. So, <laughs> which is not normal Burmese python territory. I, it has to been it had to have been someone's uh, pet that got loose. Drug dealer. Uh, that was fun to pick up. <laughs> what was that? I'm sorry. Sure it was a drug dealer. They have all the stupid. Probably was a drug. <laughs> Um, that's where we got the lion from. Actually, uh, we got the lion from because uh, at the time uh, it's probably the same now, but at the time back in the '90s, the Michigan Humane Society had a deal going with the Detroit Police Department, where if they knew for rely had reliable information that the drug dealer that they were going to raid had an exotic animal they would have the Michigan Humane Society come with them for the raid. They would give them bulletproof vests and the whole nine things. They wouldn't come busting in with the cops, but after the cops cleared the room or the building, they would come in. Uh, and this one dude had a straight up fucking lion. Uh, he had it because he was uh, trying to use it to protect his stash. He had, he had two rooms set up in his house uh, for the lion. One of them was where he kept the lion most of the time and he kept the, the stash of his drugs. Uh, the other room uh, was where he normally fed the lion, and he had a pool door in between them. So he could pull this uh, string, the door would lift up, the lion would go into the other room to, to eat because he knew that's where his food was. So that means if the uh, door got lifted, there was food in there. So the lion would go in the other room, he'd close the door, get his stash, you know, uh, and then you know, let the lion back in. So we had a lion, a straight up fucking lion. It was about four years old female lion. Uh, it was front declawed. Uh, which is good because I, I think it might have killed my assistant manager if it hadn't been. <laughs> um, and it was a dick. It was this, I mean, I've dealt with a lot of wild animals. This one was intentionally an asshole. Uh, for example, it had, uh, uh, you know, we, we obviously had to give it food and water, and its water dish was huge. It was probably like a foot across and like six inches high, maybe even a little bit higher. And every single morning when I came in, because I helped the uh, wildlife specialist take care of the bigger animals. Uh, she was an older lady in her 50s, and you know, it, was, it was too much for just one person. So I go in there every day to help clean out the lion cage. And every single day, that lion would have taken a dump in its water bowl that filled the water bowl completely, overflowing the water out of it. So every day, I had to clean out a gigantic, big, watery dump and, and let me tell you, carnivorous cat shit is not awesome. <laughs> that fucker ate like we we uh, we fed it a special diet uh, that we uh, got from the the zoo. It was these big cans of cat food called like carnivore food or carn or something, and she ate like six of them a day, <laughs> and and shed it right back out into that water bowl every single fucking time. Um, she liked to what she did. She she would get playful occasionally. One of the things that she'd like to do is grab a, uh, a tire, like a full size tire in her mouth, and carry it around like it was a fucking chew toy. Um, yeah, but she was a dick. Uh, what do you fucking expect? We, it's a we, goddamn we, king of the jungle, locked up in fucking Detroit of all places. I'd be shitting in water buckets too. <laughs> you're uh scratchy again but I, I might as well just stick around hopefully it'll clear up uh we had other animals uh for example we had a, a mountain lion a cougar where this is like a 60 or 70 pound lion so a 
big for a cat, but obviously not nearly as big as a lion. This one, on the other hand, was a sweetheart. Uh, her name was Tiffany. She was a couple years old. I'm pretty sure she'd been raised by hand uh, from from a baby because she was super duper friendly. You'd walk in and she'd like run up to the cage and rub up against it, just like a cat would, trying to get you to scratch behind her ears. Going meow meow. She is a she is a sweetheart. Great cat. Uh, her she had a way better story. Uh, eventually. We adopted her out to a rich guy uh, that lived uh, like in like one of the northern suburbs, and he uh, uh, spent like six months building an enclosure for her. You know, like asked what the specifications he needed was this and the other, and built like a full indoor outdoor enclosure on the side of his house. Uh, probably, God, who knows how much he spent on it? it had to be a buttload, and we just kept her for the six months until it was ready. So that, that was a nice story. The uh, the lion ended up going to a, a sanctuary um, out in Arizona or something like that. Uh, you, you couldn't send her to a, a zoo because zoos don't take altered animals. They want like original specimens, obviously. So, um, but that was interesting. Oh, there you go. Ryan's calling back again. He actually uh, bolted out. I don't know why he's having issues today. All jokes aside, it's not like he's having a, has different technology over there than I do over here. So I don't know why he's having uh um, issues with the way his call sounds. Yeah, it's something to do with the app itself. Like, so yeah. it's interesting. Like, even if I drop out of the app and I don't like completely get out of BlueStacks, like, I can keep hearing the show even when I get out of it. Hmm. So everything's all sorts of fucked up. But either way, mountain lions are pieces of shit. But I would like a pet puma if I could get you know some sort of waiver for one. Right. Well, I guess uh, I guess it depends on what you consider a puma and a mountain lion because the mountain, what I call the mountain lion, could just as easily be called a puma. There's a lot of uh, gray That's areas. That's the of, point. Yeah. Mountain lion, a cougar, and a puma are the same thing. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So, sorry. Yeah. That, I thought I thought you were being serious for a second. Yeah. Because that gets very confusing for a lot of people. It really uh, depends on it's regional. For, I guess for what what people yeah, call it. Yeah. I, I only want the puma. You only want the Puma. <laughs> if you tell me you're selling me a fucking Cougar, I will tell you to go fuck yourself. I don't know. Look, that, that, the Puma, we're in business. <laughs> well, what if I show up, your, uh, show up at your door with like a 45-year-old chick who's looking for love? Depends on how much money they have and how <laughs> they look. <laughs> it's sad because you know, I, I watch all these cougar videos on the different porn sites and they just look like people my age I'm like I guess I'm not the target audience for cougars anymore but on the other hand those look like chicks I can actually get which I appreciate that's what, that's something I don't like about like a lot of porn is uh, to me porn needs to be realistic uh, I, I don't enjoy watching something where the, the chick looks like someone girl I've never have any ever chance of it being with at all to me that kind of kills the fantasy I mean so obviously like a you need a special category for like sixes and below is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, well, actually I'm looking for a six to seven range. That's, that's believable. Maybe an eight if they're obviously drunk in the video, uh, but, but, but yeah, like all these professional porn star videos don't really do much for me because it's, it's hard. To, I can't even fantasize myself. I don't have a high enough self-esteem to fantasize myself with someone that looks that good. That's sad. <laughs> it's true though. That's why. I, that's why I actually prefer homemade porn over uh, an amateur porn over professional. It's um, it's just more interesting to me. I was once propositioned to do porn. I ended up turning it down because it was kind of weird. But yeah, that yeah. happened. Yeah. Well. Yeah. That, that's. I don't know. I, I I always wondered what I'd say if someone uh, if someone offered me that. I don't think I can't con conceive that I'd ever be in real porn. But you never know. I always thought that uh, maybe I get hired as a stunt dick, which apparently is a thing. Yeah, do you know what okay. you have? You have, you have you heard the term stunt dick before? 
No, and I'm. Oh, well, I don't need a story behind it either. Oh no, no, I'm not going to tell you a big story, but I'll just give you a description. It's what it sounds like. Uh, porn stars sometimes can't fuck for as long as they want to for these videos, so they will bring people in that have big dicks you know, and I guess similar similar skin tones to those the people that they're working with, and just do close up shots of their dick sometimes to get extra shots in and stuff. It's I yeah, supposedly you, it's a real you thing. Only be able to do the stunt dick thing if they were doing like malnourished porn. Well, <laughs> I don't think your weight really has any uh, um, effect on your penis size. I mean, I don't think uh, like like if you lose a whole bunch of weight, your your dick gets thinner. Does no, it? But at, at some point, <laughs> they would be able to see like parts of your pelvis and things like that, and they'd be able oh. to see that you weigh roughly you know eighty three pounds. And I don't <laughs> think that's gonna. I think that might take people out of the mood. Well, I didn't say I'd be successful at it, but I, I figured that'd be the only options for me in a, in a porn career. Um, now, on the other hand, I, now if I did voiceovers for people that were good looking with big dicks, but funny voices, that might be a career path for me. Cause I'm told my voice sounds sexy. Well, my wife thinks it's sexy anyways. So, but on the other hand, she's biased. So you, you have a voice for radio, but you need to work on like enunciation and how to like, read and speak at the same time like there's some there's some skills that you might be lacking yeah, a little bit it's things that come with practice it's, you know this is always something i wanted to do um and while i have a lot of experience doing amateur podcasting this is the first time that i'm taking it semi-seriously so hopefully you guys are seeing an, an improvement in my enunciation and my speaking skills as these uh, episodes go along well, it doesn't help that you're on here with me, and I, I don't misspeak that often, despite being a, a big, dumb retard. <laughs> um, I don't think I'm going to speak on that. <laughs> All right, let's see what else we got on topics. Uh, let's talk about comfort foods. Um, I have lasagna today, which is not exactly healthy, uh, but it's always been a, a big comfort food for me. Uh, my mom was a horrible cook growing up. I hate to speak bad about it, but it's just true. Uh, my mom burnt a salad once to give you an idea of her level of cooking prowess. Uh, friends used to ask me, Jay, why are you so prowess? There's no, there's no N in there. Is there, there is no, there's no N, no N prowess. All right. Well, regardless, uh, friends used to ask me why I was so skinny. I'm like, huh, come on over for dinner. I'll show you. Uh, she just was not a good cook. Um, when I say she burnt a salad, I wasn't joking. She's actually did that before she made a salad, uh, in a plastic bowl and accidentally left it on the stove and a, a burner on came back and the um, bowl was half melted and the salad was on fire. Uh, I used to tell people that she could fuck up putting boiling water, <laughs> but one thing she was good at was, was lasagna. She had been taught how to make lasagna from my Italian grandma when she was married to my dad and she was good at it. She, it wasn't Stouffer's lasagna. She went out and bought the actual noodles and, you know, all the different ingredients and the cheeses and, and made it up right. And she was good. It was a good lasagna. I always loved it. It was one of the few meals that I knew my mom was cooking that I was going to be full and enjoy the meal, which didn't happen that often. Uh, so lasagna has always been a big comfort food for me. Uh, how about you, Ryan? I mean, I'm sure you might not have any big emotional tales tied to it like I do, but uh, what are some of the comfort foods uh, that you enjoy? No, so I'm from the Midwest, so it's probably kind of the standard answer for anyone around there. Uh, but really, it's just your like standard meal of like something like some, you know, fresh garlic mashed potatoes, some fresh sweet corn, 
um, some homemade macaroni and cheese, and then a mm. big chunk of meat. So like a good New York strip. Yeah, I can get behind some good macaroni and cheese too. Uh, one of the biggest problems with being lactose intolerant before I found out you could take pills for it, hooray, uh, was uh, missing out on mac and cheese because we, we have that's one of the meals we have at the uh, country club for the employee meal quite often because it's easy to make large portions of it. And it's, it's almost impossible to have bad mac and cheese. So, um, oh no, it's possible. Well, yeah, and you know what I'm saying, but it's like it's pizza, bad. even when it's bad, it's still good. Not really, because there's a lot of macaroni and cheese out there that just has no taste at all, and it's offensive. Hmm. Uh, you know, actually, you know, now that I, now that I think about it, you are right. Because I and also in the other direction, I've had mac and cheese where they use such crazy cheeses and things like that that it didn't really taste like mac and cheese anymore. If you if you know what I'm saying. Well, yeah, just don't fuck it up. It's macaroni and cheese. It's not that difficult. Don't try to get fancy. Just make the goddamn mac and cheese. <laughs> apparently they're complaining on the uh, chat box tonight that uh, i can't keep on topic i didn't realize you guys wanted to stay on the topic of my dick uh i'm always more than happy to talk about it <laughs> but i figured we'd probably move on to comfort foods just because i don't think you guys want to hear about it, that all day so what, what is that we're going to talk about comfort foods or we're going to talk about my dick my dick is a comfort food apparently from to some people but <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah, i doubt that one i'm not gonna i i don't brag that often but i will tell you guys this because it was one of my proudest moments the best compliment i've ever gotten in my life was having someone tell me and i'm gonna try to quote this damn that's the biggest dick i ever seen on a white dude Uh, it was this ghetto white chick that I dated for a little while. Uh, her name was, uh, Sadie actually, strangely enough, same as my dog. And, uh, I met her when I was working at the, uh, carpet cleaners, uh, doing telemarketing and, uh, she was a ghetto as you can come, <laughs> but for some reason or another, she liked me. Um, and I dated her a couple times and eventually I went over to her house in the ghetto, and, you know, and we got it on and that was the comment she made when she saw my penis. <laughs> Which was which well, was very 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 made me feel you know, feel really good. I I I I thought it was really funny that she felt the need to quantify it to let me know that it was definitely not the biggest dick that she'd ever seen, but merely the biggest dick she'd ever seen on a white guy. Well, to be fair, the last white guy she was with was when she was eleven. So, <laughs> oh was... come on now, <laughs> oh come on now, that's that's not nice. <laughs> She was she was a sweet lady. I, I I often wonder what happened to her. She was mixed up with drugs and this and the other. And I knew that I stopped seeing her because I knew that was not the type of thing I wanted to be messed up mixed hey, up well, with. Hey, maybe you'll maybe you'll reconnect with her when you go magnet fishing. She might be <laughs> in one of the rivers you frank with. That might be entirely possible. Oh, my magnet fishing update is I didn't go out magnet fishing today. <laughs> it's too fucking cold. Uh, I don't think it. Last time I checked, it was 30 out when it was starting to snow. Uh, it never got above freezing. Uh, it's going to be shitty most of the week. The The best day I'm looking at is maybe on Sunday. It might get up to 55 or 56. And if we were just like going out to a park or something, I could handle mid-40s or something like that. But fucking standing next to a fairly large lake uh, when it's like 40 degrees out doesn't sound like a good time to me. So I'm going to wait till it's at least a little bit long. Uh, uh, warmer the thing being uh, i've been to next to large lakes when it's uh fairly warm out uh even at 55 i'm gonna have to dress like it's winter out there because it's gonna be cold as fuck by this on the shore uh, i don't know if uh, being in the midwest if you've been have experience of large bodies of water or not well i i think i have experience with very large bodies of water considering i'm like a half hour from the ocean 
Oh, that's right. I, I get now you are. Yeah. So, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you go out there and hang out there and stuff. Uh, you know, I'm not too far from the Great Lakes and I very rarely go to them since I'm not a boating person. Uh, so yeah, but it was a valid question. So you've been around large bodies of water. You know how much how cold, much colder it can be uh, than the uh, prevailing conditions. Otherwise, depending on the wind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah that's true too. Um, but I don't want to take 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 the chance of driving for a half hour to this place. But I did find a good spot. Uh, apparently, the spot that I picked out has both an observation pier, uh, a fishing pier. Uh, a boat dock and a handicap pier, whatever that is. Um, so that's the one you're going to, right? The handicap pier, yes. Uh, so I, there's all kinds of spots where people might have dropped stuff that I can use my magnet fishing to check out. Doesn't really sound like the kind of spot where you find uh, stuff that people drop because of illicit activities or anything like that. But you never know. Uh, it's it's got the weird name of uh, Dodge Four State Park. Apparently, it was land uh, donated by the Dodge Brothers way back in the day for a state park. Well, you're right around Detroit. Like, no matter where you go, there's going to be illicit activities. Oh, and I'm really considering going down to the Detroit River in a couple spots alongside the alongside the river walk and uh, seeing if I can find stuff. Uh, the Detroit River is pretty deep, but uh, in most spots, it's like 30 to 50 feet. Uh, so, and I got like a hundred feet worth of rope. So on the other hand, uh, I'm not quite sure, uh, not sure if I really want to find w- what I'm going to, uh, pick up down there. Cause <laughs> you really could find some fucked up shit. I don't want to like pick up someone's body, but by the handcuffs that are still behind their back or some shit like that. <laughs> yeah. That would rip off the hands after death pretty quickly. Yeah, probably. Yeah. You're right. Once the, once the flesh is gone, the, the handcuffs would slide right off of the bones around. <laughs> yeah, you might find a bone or two, like if someone, you know, had like a, a couple screws in their foot or something like that, maybe. But otherwise, I think you're safe. Yeah, yeah. People are like, what are you looking for? I'm like, nothing, really. I don't expect to find, really expect to find anything. It's just something to fuck around with for an hour or two, you know, or a couple hours. Uh, and if I take my wife uh, fishing, then it's something to fuck around together with for a couple hours. Uh, but I'm not really expecting to find anything interesting other than ju- random junk or things like that. People like, oh, are you going to get some, like, hoping to find, like, a bag full of guns or stolen jewelry or things like that? No. I mean, look on YouTube. You know, there's hundreds of thousands of people doing this stupid hobby, and you can maybe find, like, a dozen YouTube channels where they found something actually interesting. So it's a pretty low percentage thing, finding something more than junk. But on the other hand, it cost me, like, 50 bucks to for the entire setup, and, and I've already gotten, like, an hour or two of... Uh, fun out of it and i haven't even started so i i think it'll be a worthy hobby well and especially like people that think you're gonna find you know any sort of decent jewelry that's definitely not a thing because any real good jewelry is not going to be magnetic anyway right exactly you're gonna have to hope that it's in a bag of other stuff that you pick up or things like that yeah because so if someone is if someone drops the gold ring you're not picking it up it's not magnetic I mean, exactly. if it's, if it's, uh, this is a, you know what, that's what, it, what something I should mess with. It is a really, really strong magnet and, uh, almost all jewelry has a certain amount of metal in it. Uh, damn, I wish, uh, I wish the, uh, magnet was within reach. I would try it on my uh, ring. I've got like a 10 karat gold, white, uh, gold, uh, wedding ring. So, you know, it's just a cheap ring. It's only 10 karat gold. 10 karat gold i think it costs like 200 bucks uh on the other hand if it if it works uh on a magnet if a magnet will pick it up and i can find things like that well 10 karat gold it's not super worthy but you know uh, like if i wanted to pawn this ring or something i could probably get 20 40 50 bucks or something 
So if he'll pick up something like that, that'd be kind of cool. Oh boy, a whopping 20, 40, 50 bucks. Well, yeah, 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 just for throwing a magnet, so magnet in and p- pulling it back out. I'm not looking to like get thousands of dollars here. I'm like I said, I'm not looking to get anything, but it would be cool to put, uh, pull something up like that. I, I prefer something that has like a better story to it. Well, yeah, yeah, no, you know, there's all, yeah, exactly. I, I, the, the main reason I got this thing, honestly speaking, is so I could pull up things and take pictures of it and show it to the OG. Like everything else, I'm an attention whore and I want to entertain people. So I figured, you know, uh, doing some magnet fishing, hopefully pull up uh, some interesting things to show the OG. I mean, even if it's junk, if it's an interesting junk, then, you know, that's, that makes it worthwhile. Well, then in your time before Sunday, when you go again, you still owe us a goddamn music video. <laughs> Are you speaking of the uh, uh, the ex going to give it to you thing? Exactly. Okay, you know what? Committed to doing it. No, you're right. All right, you know what? Let me let me grab my uh, phone as we speak. I'm going to put a reminder in to do it at 10 a.m. tomorrow morning. That means I've been up for a couple hours, so I'll be all fresh as a daisy. Uh, Let me find it on here. Do you do that? Do you do put reminders on your phones to remind you of to do things that you would forget otherwise? No. So the problem is, is I have my work calendar on my phone, so it mm-hmm. already bothers me way too fucking much. Uh, so like outside of work hours, I don't even like looking at my phone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I can, I can understand that. Um, let's see, put on a date tomorrow. 16th. To so if you're doing that, you got to make uh-huh. sure to do like the world premiere at like, 5 30 so we have something directly to speak about on tomorrow's podcast oh you mean rather than just putting in just rather than just doing it as uh, putting online as soon as i'm finished with it yeah you got to stop with that instant gratification bullshit you need to drop these things at like appropriate times Mm. so we can get people to call in and make fun of it (laughs) yeah that's very true compliments i mean that could be a thing i don't know but that could be a thing Let's be honest, probably not. I am not confident in my rap skills. I don't think this is going to go well. But like I said, I like to entertain people. So as long as it doesn't get too uh, mean-natured, I don't mind if uh, people comment on my poor rapping skills. Um, but well, My thought I, is it probably should be more funny than offensive. So I, I think you're probably going to be okay. Yeah, that's what I hope for. It's funny, though. Uh, while I was... Uh, setting up my reminder you heard me going i just heard a joke from dimitri martin today about that he's like why is it whenever people are looking stuff up they make like small laser noises it's like oh we looked that up he goes you know i guess it's a good thing they don't use big laser noises here let me look that up pew, pew, pew. <laughs> uh, uh, okay so I, I don't know. Like once again, you know, uh, it's all about delivery and Dimitri Martin has a pretty particular one. Uh, but I like quite a bit of his work. Uh, are you familiar with him? Yeah. I'm not a big fan. No, no one I... of his specials like a few years ago and it just, it wasn't, wasn't for me. Hmm. I guess I can, I, I guess I can say that it, it is a fairly particular, uh, kind of humor. Um, and he can seem kind of smarmy, uh, but he's obviously a bright guy and I like quite a few of his jokes. Fair enough. Sorry, yeah, that's just sorry, not, my, not my thing. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> well, are Although you seeing you, a... mm-hmm. you, you thought, like, I, I think of you, and I, I think you're probably more of the, the Amy Schumer type. Oh, uh, you know what? I've heard stuff that made me laugh, but for the most part, no. 
she seems to use like the fact that she's a female and actually likes to have sex as the subject of so many of her jokes. You know, it's like, uh, most of her jokes seem like they're more for shock value rather than actually funny. You know, uh, it's a lot of her jokes are like, "Hey, look at me! I've got a vagina. It might even smell bad." Uh, you know, and some of that's funny, but it seems like that's like her all of her humor recycled over and over again for the most part. I don't know. She's Are you not, a fan? She's not a funny human, human being. She's not a good comic at all. And you did hear about what she initially named her kid, right? No. Uh, what was that? Yeah. So the original first and middle name for this kid was Jean Attell. Mm. Now, if you have any sort of sense of humor, you can think of that first and middle name and know that that kid is going to get punched in the face a lot growing up. <laughs> so oh yeah I, yeah i can imagine so it was a joke name basically and so she, no, re- she didn't realize it was a joke name that's why she ended up having to change it like she for whatever reason thought gene attell was a perfectly acceptable first and middle name the middle name obviously you know paying homage to dave attell which she should be paying homage to because dave attell is like the one of the best stand-up comedians ever um but yeah, that's just silly. But you know what? People, it happens sometimes. When I was uh, ten or eleven years old, we had a uh, a game on our Commodore sixty four called uh, Maker of Monsters, and you would make different monsters and you fight them against each other. And I was trying to think of a uh, a cool name for my uh, crab monster that had like some sort of vibrowave uh, attack. And my brother's like, "Oh, you should call it like the Vibro Ratter." Like vibro Oh, that's a cool name. Yeah. Let me type that in. Hit enter. He goes, yeah, you just named your, uh, your guy a vibrator. Good for you. <laughs> so, so, uh, she, honestly, she, I guess she just didn't think about it until someone pointed it out to her. Yeah. But being a so-called comedian, like you should be relatively quick witted <laughs> enough to see that one coming. So-called comedian. She's done some funny stuff. I think that I think the biggest thing that disappoints me about her is she used to look pretty attractive and, and she let herself go in a major way. I mean, and I guess if you're not, cons- if you're happy with how you look, I shouldn't be judgmental and stuff, but I can't imagine um, looking good and then just let myself go that much. I mean, have you seen pictures of her when she first started her career? She was never like smoking hot or anything, but yes, now she is down in your range. <laughs> I thought she was pretty attractive at first. I mean, she's, I mean, even gaining away, she's, uh, as long as she's not like, yo, know, uh, in one of those celebrity gotcha pictures or something, it's not like she's, uh, not pretty or something, but yeah, she's gaining quite a bit of weight. Um, and she doesn't carry it well either, which is something I also feel shitty kind of saying because I, I don't, feel like it's my position to judge anybody on how they look really but i mean i've got eyes and she i you know i can definitely say i think she looked better before so god i'm being so wishy-washy about this i just don't like saying bad shit about people who cares like there are things that can be judged if you look like shit you look like shit it doesn't matter how happy you are about how you look like all these people that like you see these ridiculously obese women and they're like I'm happy with my body. Everybody else should respect that too. No, fuck you. You are about to be diabetic and I'm going to end up having to pay for your fat ass to die later. Yeah. I I can understand that. Uh, um, I do think that people have a responsibility to make sure that their health problems are not a burden on on other people. Uh, I mean, plenty of people have good insurance. No one should be calling to celebrate 
people that are super unhealthy. No, like no, it should no. not be like, hey, look at Amy Schumer. She's happy in her skin. No, that's no. not to be celebrated. No, I agree with you 100. percent um, If you want to, if you are happy being overweight and unhealthy, that's on you. But you, it is reckless and irresponsible to hold somebody up like that as an example of how they should be. I am sorry, it is unhealthy to be overweight. Period. 100. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And to g- imply that anything else, you're doing children. Uh, grave disservice. Uh, they shouldn't think that it's okay to be overweight. It's not. It's unhealthy. It, it makes your life horrible. Even if you're never a burden on society, you've got great health insurance, this, that, and the other. Personally, it makes your life less pleasurable. I know just from being slightly out of shape to better into into slightly better shape that I feel better and my life is better when I'm in better shape. I can't imagine how horrible life must be for people that are ridiculously overweight. It's got to be hell. Well, and what's the deal with fat kids these days? Oh, oh, like, and I'm you know not, what? I'm not that old, but like, if I think back, and obviously I was from like a small town, but like, so out of my graduating class, which was like 82 people, I think, there was literally one fat kid. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, thinking back on it, uh, it was unusual to, have, you know, the the vast majority of, of of the kids in my class were not fat. There might have been a couple ones, but they were the the exception, not the norm. And and this is something that I've been close to posting on Facebook many times, but I haven't for two reasons: one, not having kids, it's kind of hard to be judgmental to other people, and two, because I think it's going to piss off like eighty percent of my friends. I think if you, it's really irresponsible to let your kid get overweight in the first place. I, I just do like if I when I see someone uh, like a ten year old kid who is substantially overweight, like morbidly o- obese, you know, uh, someone who, a kid who's supposed to weigh like sixty pounds and weighs like a hundred pounds, uh, I think that is irresponsible of that uh, parent. Uh, and I hear over and over again, oh, well, they, they've got a thyroid problem or this or that or the other. And I think in most of the case, that's not true. It's just it's just parents that either don't know how to feed their kid correctly or don't care enough. And the vast majority of them are overweight, too. So it's a monkey see, monkey do sort of thing. Uh, and I feel, like I said, I feel kind of bad saying these sort of things because who am I to judge other people and how they raise their kids? But honestly, it's kind of how I feel. If I see you've got a, a ridiculously overweight kid, I judge you as a parent. Well, no, there's things you should judge people on as a parent. And like, we've gotten far too lax on these things. Like if your kid is fat, you're a failure. Point blank. Yeah. Like if your kid is fat, you are a failure. Also as a parent, if you're a parent that let your kids get away with anything and then you end up blaming teachers for them acting out, you're a failure. If you yeah. don't vaccinate your kids and I don't care if there are anti-vaxxers here, you are a failure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't, you know, uh, I don't understand any of that. And it always amazes me when uh, parents blame teachers. Uh, my sister is a teacher. Uh, she teaches in not, not the ghetto, but it's like a uh, very much a, a blue collar neighborhood uh, working class. And she works hard at her job and her ki- and her kids love her. Uh to, to think that there's parents out there blaming her for their, their kids' problems, it just amazes me. And I guarantee you there is. 
you know, some she's been a teacher for 16 years, 17 years now, something like that. And I guarantee you, there are teachers, there are parents out there who think that she's a horrible teacher. She screwed up her kids and she's an amazing person. She's a way better person than I will ever be. She cares for every one of her kids. She goes so far beyond what she needs to do. Um, and the fact out, like I said, that there's parents out there that definitely think she's a horrible teacher just amazes me. And those are the parents that are failures. Yeah, like that yeah. is just how it is. Like if you let your kid run things to the fact that you're going to believe them over like all of their teachers, like you're a fucktard and your kid is a shit stain. Yeah. And you see that all the time. Oh, it's not my kid. My kid's not the problem. Dude, I just watched your kid fuck this other kid up, dude. <laughs> yeah, no, your kid, your kid's not a bully, right? That that was totally instigated by the the kid that like is like thirty pounds less than your kid, <laughs> wearing glasses and fucking walking around with his D and D book. Yeah, you're right. He picked a fight with your 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 son, who is like the captain of the football team and fucking re- and on the wrestling squad. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Parents are stupid. <laughs> but but yeah, I realize this is two men without children talking about raising kids. So yeah, we're it's pretty hypocritical right on the surface. But we can still have opinions, right? You know, they say that those who uh, don't do truth. teach. I I can have I could not have a kid. I could have four kids. Regardless, these things are absolute truths. Yeah, it is true. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we've riled up people enough. Um, uh, let me look at my notes. I think we covered all of our topics for today, which works out well because we only got a couple minutes left. Um, the last thing I wanted to cover today is Metamucil. I don't know if any no, of you take Metamucil. Not, no, no. <laughs> no, this sounds absolutely stupid. No. So the way we're that we're going to close this out, we're going to close things out on a good note, and this actually has to do with kids as well. Okay, sure. So. So March actually was the first month since 2002 that we have not had a school shooting in the U.S. That's funny you mentioned that because my I just saw my sister post that a little while ago. She said that we, it's crazy because it's been that means it's been 18 years, and she said that's longer than my teaching career. So every March since she's been a teacher, there's been a school shooting. Uh, I'm not going to say which well, no, one. It's every month. It's not even every March. It's every right. month since 2002 right and that's just nutty i won't go into uh which one or where but my sister was a teacher at a school with a school shooting um so she's very familiar with that she she was a teacher while it happened she was in the school while it happened um so that's a scary thing obviously and she's dealt with the ramifications for that mentally and emotionally for years uh and it, it is a sad state that that's a statistic that pops up because where everyone's being homeschooled now. Uh, I don't know what to do about that. I don't really, I try not to speak on things that I haven't done extensive research on because I'm stupid and I'll probably just talk off the top of my head if you give me the opportunity. So I try to stay away from stuff like that. Uh, I don't know what the solution for that is. You know, security guards have guns in all the schools. All the teachers have guns. All the kids have guns. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't know. What do you think, man? What What would you do to fix the problem? So there was a lot of stupid in those options. Um, definitely not all teachers have guns because I've I know a lot of teachers and I don't think many of them would be competent with a gun. And with as much as we asked our teachers to do anyhow, also having them keep up with firearms courses, I think that's probably not a great idea. Right. So not realistic. I just spitballing things. These are all things that I've heard people put out 
Well, except for the kids have gun saying, which is my no. The, so the, um, the biggest thing is is mental health, and it's always been the biggest thing in this country. You got to be able to to figure out who the crazy little fucks are, and take care of that. You know, proactively. Same thing with with adults. Hmm. So you see, um, so it's, so it's something that doesn't have much funding. It doesn't have much research behind it, which is ridiculous. But it makes much more sense to go at the mental health aspect than to try to limit guns or things like that. Like, why not fix the root of the problem as opposed to the symptoms of the problem? Interesting. So you're saying basically it's not a gun control issue. It's not a security issue. It's a mental health issue. Yeah, it's a mental health issue and it doesn't help how we publicize things. Like so many shootings and, and everything else are done by people that are fame seeking. So they understand like their entire thing is like, they don't think they matter to the world and they know if they go out there and they do something absolutely stupid, even knowing that they're going to die in the process, they know that people are going to remember them at that point. And that's one of the main reasons they do it. Right. So I can we see should that. never be releasing names, things like that. Like that. I know everybody has this thirst for information, but there's a time that you just don't do that. Yeah, yeah, you're right. and I I have seen media trending toward that in cases, although uh, right now it's pretty in, ineffective because not all media takes that attitude. So you'll see like four different media outlets say that they're not going to name the person who committed the crime because for that exact reason. But then you'll see two or three media outlets just go ahead and put all the information out there. So if well, they don't have it, a unique... You see it on the OG. As soon as there's a name even rumored... It's going to be on a thread on the OG and everyone's going to be going through trying to find the person's Twitter to find their Facebook to see what team politic they they belong to so they can blame the other side. It's fucking ridiculous. People are right. stupid. Right. And I can understand parts of that. When when someone create uh, commits a heinous crime, there is the honest and I think understandable now uh, desire to find out more about that person, to try to understand their motivations, to try to figure out why they did what they did. Um, at least in my case, that's why I have interest in the person afterwards, because crazy people are crazy, obviously. And I'm always interested in trying to figure out how their mind works. I don't know why I don't, it's not like it's, a, it's not like it's my career or useful information, but when someone does something fucked up, my first in instinct was like, well, why would they do something like that? What drove them to that? So that's why it, finding out more information them on them interests me. But I do agree with you. If the media put out a unified front of not putting out any information at all about the murderer or, you know, what, or the shooter in these situations, uh, it would definitely decrease the amount of shootings. Yeah, like don't publicize any of that shit. If you want to do a use case after the fact for it, like an actual study, then yes, you can get into like what you throughout the course of an investigation have determined the killer's motives to be and like the background and that sort of thing. But don't publicize who the person was. Then you're feeding into exactly what they wanted. They just won. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it's a sad, it's a sad state of the uh, world today where we have to have conversations about this sort of thing. Um, I think long-term, I think you're all right. I think there should be a lot more mental health counselors in high school and middle school and elementary school. Uh, Cause our before mentioned point, uh, lots of people are shitty parents. So some of these kids need help. Uh, 
not even necessarily kids that are being raised like yo know, in the ghetto and they're poor and their kids and their parents are never there. Although obviously they need help as well. Some parents are fucked up themselves. So they're creating fucked up kids and it'd be helpful if some sort of counselor or mental health expert could spot these fucked up kids early and try to help them out before they reach the point where they're just crazy as fucking shit. You know, exactly. If you reach out to that kid that gets kicked out of the house for shitting themselves, like one day you may prevent a poor <laughs> purchase of a Wookiee costume. Exactly. Who knows where my life would have been with, without, if I had uh, some seriously good advice from a mental health expert. Exactly. You may have not got tied up in the Jewish mob. Yeah, exactly. Well, that part's good, though. <laughs> All right. Looking at the time, you know what? You were right, Ryan. That was a good uh, last co- uh, topic to end on rather than the Metamucil thing. <laughs> Yeah, you save that one in your back pocket for some time that I'm not on the show because that sounded like a complete waste of time. Oh, dude, I've got like two hours on Metamucil, dude. It's going to be like a, a supersized show. You guys, oh, you Jesus guys, fuck. it's something to look forward to. You, <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> but anyways, looking at the time, it's about time to end this show. Uh, as always, we'll be back tomorrow at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Hopefully, you guys will call in and listen. Uh, as always, I want to thank the OG Army over there in the chat box. You guys make the show. Uh, I want to thank Mr. Freeman for calling in. Uh, feel free to, uh, if you would like to, send Mr. Freeman letters asking for his advice. Send them over to uh, Other Ground Live uh, at AOL. I'll be more than happy to forward them to him for you. <laughs> uh, Ryan, you got anything else today? Yeah, actually, I do. Okay, go ahead, Top sir. 20 live show on Podbean. What's up, bitches? What's up? That's right. And it's all because of you guys. You guys have boosted us up to the top 20 on Podbean for live podcasts. And we are fucking superstars now, man. It's no place but the top. Woohoo! No, don't get that excited. Okay. It's Podbean. <laughs> we'll see you guys tomorrow at 6 p.m. Uh, thanks again. Uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Fuck all y'all. Thank you, Kimmy.